When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
folks, welcome to an all new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. It is Wednesday. I think it's, yeah, no, I'm pretty, I think it's Wednesday. Yeah, it's Wednesday. It doesn't matter. Uh, how's everybody doing? Is everybody good? We're just going to get right into it because my voice is, you know, my voice is thrashed, you guys. I can't seem to really, every time it feel good, it'll feel bad again. And so I, um, I'm going to, just not do the stories I was planning on doing, but it's still going to be a hugely long episode and a really fun episode. Uh, we have my friend, lawyer Megan Rooney, who participated in the Girardi Keese uh, estate sale. And we break down, we take you behind the scenes of what it's like to have so little to do in your life that you bid on items from a Girardi Keys office estate sale. But actually, there's some really cool things in this. It's funny. It's silly. It's stupid. But I think I think you might learn something. And then this. And by the way, you guys use timestamps, because if you don't want to listen to this, you can go right to our guest who does a great 40 minute interview. He's a personal hero of mine. He works for Entertainment Tonight. His name is Bryce Sander, and he gets the all of the housewives interviews. He is just so good at his job. I'm going to put his Twitter. If you don't already follow him, do on Instagram and Twitter, especially he puts all of his interviews and all of that stuff. And Entertainment Tonight, if you guys listen to this show, you know how I grew up watching entertainment tonight. Like to me, that is, that has always been the peak of entertainment news for me. I, as a kid growing up in Olathe, Kansas, I would make sure I was in front of that TV at 6 PM every night. And I would just watch it and I would just daydream. And that's why I'm always so sentimental still about being in Hollywood, you know, cause when you're a little boy in Kansas, you don't really think you could ever go to a place like Hollywood. It's just kind of this figment in your, or it's just the thing you see at 6 PM on entertainment tonight. And you never think you could get there yourself. And this guy, Bryce, he works for them and he, he's really good at what he does. And he was just so nice and so cool. Took the time. Sorry, took the time out to talk with us, and I just geeked out. I was so excited. You'll hear. Um, so if you want to skip right to that, I totally get it. But the the me and Megan stuff, it really does take you behind the scenes of what it would be like for two people to bid on and win Tom Girardi lingerie that he bought for an unidentified uh, female. And by the way, if it, if you are the unidentified female that Tom Girardi bought these crotchless undies for, please reach out to so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com. I will make sure I, um, uh, I get to that email ASAP. That's a big one. Uh, I hope everybody's good. Like I said, my voice is just thrashed. So we're going to get right into it, but I do have to, I want to talk to you because the, the Jacks and Britney SponCon stuff seems to have really blown up. Uh, I talked about that on yesterday's pod, but it seems like they're pulling some really weird moves. And Craig Conover right now is in Los Angeles. He was filming over at Tom Tom today. My buddy Logan was hanging out with him earlier with Ariana and Tom. And this guy, I mean, this guy is he's a mover and a shaker. I Craig Conover's in New York to like, he's really traveling a lot. It's, it's, it's like slow down. And then I got pissed. Cause the other day I saw a picture of him and he kind of looked haggard. And I was like, good, good. Take away those naturally good looks. We don't need that. And then I saw him in the pictures from Tom Tom and he looked all good again. And I was like, fah. Cause you know what? The, the, the thing is I want every good looking guy to be ugly. So it makes me better looking because I figure like, I think as I get older, I get better looking. So by the time I hit that coffin, I'm probably going to be the best looking I've ever been. 
And it's going to be sad because I'll be dead. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I'm getting better with age where I'm depending on people like Craig to get worse with age. So when I'm always in my nightly prayers, I'm like, dear God, please make your creation, Craig Conover, very ugly looking eventually. And uh, it doesn't look like he's answering my prayers. So anyways, let's get into this. My friend Megan Rooney, you guys know her. She's been on multiple, multiple, multiple times, especially with the Tom Girardi case. She's awesome. Go follow her. Um, I'll put her Instagram handle on there. But she um, she's always game for any of my antics and has always been really almost too supportive, like like my parents, almost too supportive of all the, the crazy crap. Uh, she reminds me of all the people like she reminds me in the best way of a theater kid. Like she would have been in high school theater with me. Like this is the kind of crap we did in high school. Like with all the like theater kids, we'd be like, yeah, we're really doing it. And we would like go to Denny's on the weekends. And like I now I think back and I'm like those poor Denny's waitresses and waiters that had to deal with us, you know, as before we drank. And it was just like a bunch of theater kids, 15 years old, that their parents let them hang out at a Denny's on a Saturday night. And we would just get wild on Diet Coke and chili cheese fries. You know, you guys have been there anyways. Uh, without further ado, Megan Rooney. And then remember, if you don't want to listen to this, use the timestamps because Bryce Sander, he dropped some awesome housewives, uh, knowledge, news, all that stuff. So if you want to skip to that, I'll put the timestamps in because I was just over the moon about talking to him. And I will talk to you guys on Thursday. And please, I hope my voice feels better. Bye. Okay, welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I, of course, am Ryan Bailey. This is your Wednesday episode, and I'm so sorry, my, I think whatever was gotten from the Tom Girardi uh, estate sale is cursed, because I feel so horrible right now, I've not been able to shake this, Uh, I'm starting to sound like Erica, no, um, so you guys, I've been promising this, and and since my parents have finally left Long Beach, and I am uh, left to my own devices again, we are finally able to take you through exactly what the special experience of uh from bidding on the tom girardi girardi keys um office estate sale and then of course going to pick it up um and you've if you've been following these episodes you know megan rooney who is a lawyer herself has been walking through this process with me so she is joining uh, us again as promised to go over uh, the entire uh, experience. So, uh, Megan, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Um, so, do your parents know that you did any of this? Um, no, but your parents know that we. Yeah, did my this. parents were actually there, <laughs> and and I asked my dad yesterday. I said, and I, I've made so many jokes about him being ashamed of me, and I think he kind of thinks it's cool because people like seem to like the podcast, but I think at the if you. Thank God people listen to it, because if they didn't, I think he would really, <laughs> really be very frustrated with everything I've chosen to do. Do you, do you agree? I, 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 I don't know. You, okay. So uh, just to catch everybody up, too, I, I, um, I'm, I want my voice to hold out, but I need to uh, talk about some things that even happened today, Wednesday. Erica Jane uh, posted about <clears throat> probably six hours ago, she just posted a... In her story, she posted a uh, a black background with the wording in white, Girardi, period. So what do you think this, this means, Megan? I think it means that she's frustrated that they keep referring to her as Erica Jane in the media. Oh, see, I think it means she's an idiot. Okay, that, um, 
that is also I think no I truly think she's this is exactly what I keep saying is that this ain't about you just take your lumps and shut up like what at this point is she going to do to convince anybody of any like let this play out the more you fuss the more it's like you don't realize this is really truly about the victims and she's still to this day yeah she shouldn't be posting I'm sure she is not listening to it whatever lawyer she has, and she shouldn't have been on the season. I think it's, it's like, going to blow up in her face. You're ruining my good name from Shakers. <laughs> I, I was one of the best Shakers. Da- I'll never be able to perform on Chicago Broadway again. Like, What was her last name before she married Tom? <laughs> was I don't know Spielberg? I don't. I mean, I, I know, you read her. Book. No, I know. Well, I I mean, I I listened to her book. Okay. I didn't read it. Nice. By the way, if you guys want to listen to her book, you can just get a library card. That's how I usually. Um, read any of these books i don't know if the erica jane one is worth buying at this point but um what was it it was i do know this it was erica restum is that right wait one know. sec where did i even get that name okay sorry for that break so her uh previous her maiden name is erica chahoy so you've ruined the chahoy family name um, Erica Chahoy, she's age 50, was born July 10th, 1971. She's divorced from Thomas Zizzo. Um, but the thing is, and, and tonight, Wednesday night, this is Kathy Hilton Day. We're getting a new episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And this is going to be the one where she fights with Sutton at the dinner table. And she's like, oh, what? Oh, what? And Sutton's like, well, nothing I'll say, I'll say. And this is like a big, this is one in which she's like doing with the lizard mouth, you know, like a What? 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 So she's still posting willy-nilly. So we know tomorrow night around 1130 she'll get back on Twitter and post some stupid shit as well. But let's talk about the Girardi Keese estate sale. Now, we I did... I she gets back on Twitter because I tweeted her over the weekend. Yeah, she hasn't gotten back to And we'll get, so we'll get so, to that. Um, so the Girardi Keese estate sale, we already talked. We did a whole episode about it, I think, last week um, about what... I guess let's go to the negative parts of what we didn't win. So what what we didn't win was the Tom Girardi suit, a suit worn by Tom Girardi that had Girardi written or like in in the inseam, right? Yes, and you know I was I honestly did try to get that, um, but you know what? I'm, it's probably a good thing we didn't. There get goes that. my Halloween outfit. Yeah. I know, but you were going to be vindicated. You were going to put it on. You were going to show me how big it was on you. Well, yeah, and because because Megan was... to this day says I couldn't fit into the no, Tom. They, that it was, she said I was too big for the Tom I said Girardi. You were too tall. I said... And I was like, Have you seen this man? He's so round and true. Not now, but he was. I know. And your listeners came for me last week, but truly, it's literally I just... fat shaming at the worst. No, I mean, I it was misspoke. really horrible. I meant that you were I was obviously. Like, you're, are much you watching tall. the same show that we're you are all much watching? Taller than him, but. Yeah, and how would I? I mean, it, I'm sorry that we didn't win the suit because you could have. Could you imagine me getting that tailored to suit my size? And I'm like, make it shine on me. <laughs> it would have been like culottes. Yeah. Uh, so we didn't win that. Uh, the initial painting that we had initially bid on, where it was just the Tom Girardi, where it looked like Kramer from Seinfeld, where he was just standing there in the gray suit with that look. Didn't win that one no, either. Didn't win that one. But that was we weren't going for that at the end. That one got really bid up. I think it was like close to four hundred dollars yeah. when we bowed out. So we decided that that wasn't going to be what we needed. Oh, somebody reached out on Instagram and DM me, and they—it's uh, a girl that won the decanter set, oh. the really nice decanter, or, or not one, but was like it bid the, on the decanter, the green emerald one. I the, loved that. And one. she said her ex used to work at Girardi Key, so this was like kind of an f you at him. Oh, okay. I thought that was like actually pretty funny. Um, and, 
The uh, other thing we didn't win, we did not end up going for the Erica Jane collectibles. That went over a thousand dollars. That was what, nuts. That is like the, us I feel weekly like published is, something, and then it went crazy. That is like the biggest to me. I'm like, that's the biggest waste of money. When um, potentially all of this is a big waste of money, but I don't want to share with your listeners what is actually on my credit card right $8,000 right now at this point. No, but uh, this all went to the victim. So before you make some kind of like, this is insanity to do this, but this whole podcast insanity, watching these Bravo shows is a form of insanity, but this money, they raised $8 million to the victims. And you know that because, so let's, you know, we found out that you would want a bunch. Yeah. Well, 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 or should we, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about what, what we want. Exactly. So, we didn't we didn't get the suit even though we were going for that for the last minute. We gave up on the collectibles and we gave up on the painting. Yeah. But there were still some things that we liked. So there was a an oil painting of the Girardi brothers. Yeah. And it was like it looks like a photo, but it's actually a painting, you guys. Yes. And it's um it's four feet by three feet. It's a large format. Um, piece of well, artwork. It's, it's art. It's not like art isn't small. This is art, you know, like they, in fact, I would love to know who, if any, if the, the oil painter is, is who painted it. I mean, this could be like a bit, this could be a Picasso. This could be a, a Kandinsky. We don't know who painted this. It's yeah, really we have, a nice We have a work. room full of items, so we should probably dig into that. But so we kept going for that painting and, and we were successful. We were the proud owners of the Lot 407 Girardi painting for $275. You don't need to tell the prices. Well, the you know, I'm no, just, no, people you don't. want to know. That, that, people want to know. No, no. So um, the the thing, though, is, with the painting is is we're going to paint other, uh, there's a couple like maybe Meditza and, uh, you know, I've got artist friends, but what I want to do is put other pop culture figures in with uh, Tom Girardi, like his brothers are out. His brothers are gone from that painting, and and my, uh, they're done. They're but unless, what about their bodies with the bow ties? They could have the bodies could still be there, like but it's like uh, maybe like a dog's playing cards. But I was thinking if you had like Batman, Garth Brooks, Justin Bieber, oh. if you had other pop culture figures in there. Uh, a Kanye West, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is even yeah, if it is Marilyn Manson, the baby. And this is regardless of if it's a Picasso or not. Oh, if it's a Picasso, I mean, if it's a Picasso, oh, that's a tough one. Yeah. I, you know, I do really need to get the provenance of this or get it, uh, get it art authorized if that's a thing. You know, right? We Damn. someone needs to art direct this. But anyway, so that was that was a win, um, and then. Should we? Which one should we talk well, about? Well, so next? so the pay, and just so you know that, like my friend Louis Peitzman, I believe his is how you say his name. He won the Girardi painting, where it's a painting of a smiling, and there's a bookcase in the back, and there's a painting within a painting. There's a picture within the painting of him and Erica from a still uh, frame of Real Housewives of uh, Beverly Hills, which is eerie. Like I didn't see that one up close. Like I should have zoomed in on the pictures because I was like, that one is chilling as well. But I was like, I just didn't love. I got to tell you, I didn't love the artistry of the painter who painted Tom because Tom loved to get himself. Mr. Girardi loved to get himself. I can call him Tom at this point. I think he. You're yeah. Uh, Tommy loved to get himself painted, painted. Like it seems like he got himself painted so much. And yeah, that, T-Dog probably had a personal artist. Yeah. Well, no, he seems like he really, I would be very curious in the art community if he was known of like, uh, we got Girardi coming tonight. Let's uh, sell him a couple <laughs> self-portraits. Uh, it really does seem like he had a real knack for wanting to get his portrait painted like a president. But that's I, – I know that's a joke, but I also think it's kind of fascinating because it shows the ego that this man had. And remember, this is not his money. 
Oh. This is not his money. This is a business expense. So the, we were successful in two other lots as well. So one lot was was the lingerie. Yeah, the lingerie. The, that So the, the lingerie was a bit of a mystery, not in the terms of getting it, but in the terms of whose lingerie it was. Um, the lingerie we found out through a quote in Us Weekly, Erica Jane says... It's not my lingerie. I don't wear underwear. No, and I wasn't surprised that she came out and said that because we recorded... Because she loves attention. No, because we recorded the pod before that article came out. And as you recall, not creepy at all, I looked up the sizing and then tried to determine if that was in fact Erica Jane's size. And I determined based on my extensive Googling that it was going to be a tad small for her. Well, I mean, but stress does take weight off and it could have like... At certain points, if Tom was cheating on her, she might have like went into a, a period of depression and lost weight and he bought the lingerie for her new figure. Right, but it never made it home. So this lingerie, we have the receipt. Yeah, in our so this hot is from Agent, Provo- Agent Provocateur. Ryan knows a lot about high-end <laughs> lingerie now, everyone. Yeah, this is um, the first lingerie I've ever touched, and my my mom's touched this as well. Yeah, we've my all mom, had our hands on it. My mom was it. trying to figure out how it went, how it went, and then she goes, oh, it's crotchless. No, I... No, she literally says, she goes, oh, it's crazy. So she needed says, to use the correct terminology. Agent provocateur, Mr. Thomas Girardi from Girardi Keys, it says on the receipt. It was shipped to the office. 1126 Wilshire Boulevard, phone number. Oh, wait, I mean, this is not. So there's And the four, dispatch date is um, January 26th of 2015. So this is six years ago. That six this, years ago, Tom was in a randy mood. And wait, so what's the date again? January. So it's not yeah, even. Yeah, it's here. But so. January 26, 2015. It's in it's in a year. January 26. So yeah. I mean, we're close to Valentine's Day with this. And it is red. It is red and I lacy. got a hot little number I want to see in. But he never he never brings it to her or to whomever this was intended to 6 years ago. Fun fact, the lingerie is new with tags and it was wrapped in the pa- the tissue paper in the box. So this was not gifted to anyone, not worn. This is not worn stuff, you guys. We can get, we can let it go at a bargain basement price. There's four items here. And by the way, we will bring this to the Buca de Beppo party so everybody can try on at a certain point. It'll be a fun little picture opportunity. I mean, Ryan has tried it on. I try, yeah. Oh, can I fit in that one? <laughs> so there's four items. The first says birthday suit. What is this word? Over. Over. So I learned, I learned something. So there's four items. There's the Anushka bra. The Anushka Over and the Anushka Suspender. So this is like a lingerie set. It's a red lacy see-through bra, uh, red lacy see-through panties, and then like a suspender kind of lingerie set. And then there's also birthday suit Over, which is a different set of panties. These are red satin panties, and as as Becky pointed out, they are crotchless. My mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the word over I learned is a French word for open. Many of the podcasters probably already know this, but now I know it is a little more classy to say that than to say crotchless. Panties. I want to see you. I want to see your over. I want to get. <laughs> I want to get that body in an over. <laughs> so now, now oh, look at that over area. Yeah. So now we've learned. I something. like how Tom sounds like to me. Like I'm just trying to make him sound like a gangster. So you have all four of these items. Yes, we have all four of these items, um, and they're in the pink box. The other interesting thing is the box was pretty beat up. It wasn't like, you know, a crisp box. Wait, are you saying that Thomas Girardi did something sexual to the box? I mean, no, but 
Did you note the writing on the box? No, I did not note the oh writing on the box. And by the way, well, no, we'll tell you how, how okay, so what was the writing on the box? So on the box, in Mar- the, the box is pretty beat up, even though the, the lingerie is intact and with tags. But on the outside of the box, in marker and in cursive, it says Abdul Jabbar and a, like marker hearts on it. You're telling me Thomas Girardi bought this for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the basketball player from doesn't Los Angeles say, Lakers? Doesn't say Kareem. It just says Abdul-Jabbar. Oh my God. We hearts. need to reach out to Kareem and say, is this is like a mystery of like, why would your name be on this box? You have anything to do with the widows and orphans. Like, and, it's is all this- dra- and it's drawn and messy. Or what if, so what if Tom gets the box, it's in his office and he's looking for like some kind of pad of paper to write a note down. Or like somebody's called about like Mr. Abdul Jabbar right. wants to talk to you, and he wrote, he's like, I got to remember this, and the only thing in front of him is was the, the agent box. provocative. And then box. he was like, Oh crap, I can't give this to my mistress or to Erica because now I've written Abdul all over Jabbar. it. Like I just messed it up. This you know, thousands of dollars of thousands. Now dollars I don't of obviously know sizing, but is a size three something that would fit a seven four man? I don't believe so. So again, remember I I googled what is the yeah. size three, and it's uh it's like a thirty four C bra. And then maybe like a small medium panty. So I and Erica's boobs are smaller. No, I think Erica's bigger. I think she. Looks but a C big. cup is that's pretty. That's like a handful, right? Ladies, is that a hand? Ladies, what I want you to do if you're at work, I want you to take one of your hands of the two hands you have and put them over your breast area and wow. tell. Are you dealing with a handful? What are you dealing? And then let me. And then Ryan and then is write not. To at, me. You know that I don't you, feel he, well. And then write to me. He's never so actually good. touched a breast before. <laughs> yeah. And if you would draw what that looks like <laughs> of a hand over a boob, that would be great. And then just uh, I'm going to draw one out of the hat, and then you get an Anushka over. Um, also, I don't get the idea of, like, crotchless panties. I mean, I get what it means, but, like, what's the point? Like, if the whole point is to have something on so you could take off and there's eroticism to that, if you're already just crotchless... Do we have... I'm trying to work. Yes, I'm trying to work something out. I'm. Well, no. I I think some men and some... or, Or women, some people are very turned on by the look of the lingerie and want to... It to be yeah, on baby. while they're having <laughs> old Tommy Girardi likey what he sees. Right, yeah. so then it's just you can keep it on, but still do what you you want to Act do. Act like you're at Shakers. Exactly, um, I get it. Wait, do what you want to do. Like you yeah. can do, but the thing is, you have the lingerie. But you don't in the have to shove it part. over to the side. It's like shove it over to the side. You can take it <laughs> off. You don't have to shove it over to the side. I feel like this, but also okay, this, Ryan. I think you're letting Tom all was, of your no, listeners no, know you're not man, into lingerie. Tom was a man that supposedly. Went after what he wanted, and he he worked hard. And I figure he he doesn't need. It. I mean, I just feel like this is disappointing and lazy at best. No, get, I think it, it's not lazy at all. It's it's industrious. Now the Anushka suspenders is that like on Mork and Mindy with Robin Williams where exactly. he had those uh, mm-hmm. suspenders that he mm-hmm. wore over his shirt. Okay, yeah, so and, we know and what maybe those Tom are. had a Mork and Mindy fetish. Yeah, and Anushka. What does that mean? I, Anushka. I didn't Google Anushka. that one. I wow. think that's... Okay. I let so you down. I guess that might be the word that probably ties the whole case together. Right. I am looking at this like a mystery. Like, what does this tell us about the widows and orphans? And then I just realized it's just shitty. He was well, I mean, I office. think I think what this really tells us is that there were some really inappropriate items that were owned by the law firm that should not have been Okay, owned. wait, wait, wait. Let me throw a theory out. What if this was for a case? Like, have we checked his open cases? Like, what if this was like... Do you think that there was like a... To- like, there the, was per- like... Perhaps this lingerie is like toxic? 
and no, was infecting people. Toxic molded. No, what I was thinking more of like he's representing somebody that had went through obviously a very dangerous lingerie accident. So mm-hmm. he needed to get the same lingerie. So in court he could show like in my cousin Vinny where right. they're if it doing doesn't an exam. Yeah, quit, this but like a fit. lingerie version. Tom Girardi's in these crotchless panties and he's yeah. like, if it doesn't fit, you must quit. So this is stellar and, and the receipt is really cool. It's like a how do you describe it? It looks like a receipt. Um, And that's it, really. It is a receipt, receipt, but it does demonstrate that it was to him at the law firm. And I think this will be an entry into the That Kareem Abdul-Jabbar thing, that's going to haunt me till the end of my days. That's like breaking news. I really do feel like that's news. That is, nobody knows that. Nobody knows that but us. And that's something we should have kept in case we did need to, like, only... Only the victim knew that Abdul Jabbar's name. You know when right, they always say like you hold something back in those murder mysteries. The police always hold something back because then when they question, they're like, only the knows killer that. knows that Abdul Jabbar's name's on that box. Yeah, because you know? they did not on the um, website. They showed pictures of the laundry, but they didn't show pictures of the box. So that is something that is something that just we know. I will not rest until I see Tom Girardi in this. Yeah. So that was that was a win, and then the third item that we won is um was a little bit of a grab bag. So this is what we didn't want to tell you last week because we were afraid other people were going to take yeah, our idea. To, uh, the, once we started talking about this, it really just was, there were so many options or op, like potential options with this lot that we bid on because it was kind of a mystery. Right. So we bid on lot 473 and it was just called Frames, Photos, Etc. Prens 21. So we knew... It could be garbage or it could be great. But it looked like they just showed a box of, like, frames. Yeah, and so, like, a lot of the awards, the Girardi Awards, went for a lot of money that were individually listed. But it looked like maybe the folks at the auction company got tired because there was just, you know, a shit ton of stuff. And they just started putting things in boxes categorically. So we said, let's see what we can get. So we bid $75. And this was a a great deal. And And this has made money back in spades so far. And even just a lot of people have gotten creeped out by this one the most. Yeah. Uh, This one really... We were called creeps. You, I mean, I think that now, I think once they hear this, they'll realize you're the creep. But um, the thing that's interesting about this was that, so... We didn't know going into it. So how it works is that you had to drive. We, you had to schedule a time, right? Yeah. Well, to pick up. Yeah. Well, so anyway, so we so we got this box of random items, but we didn't know anything in it. Nothing so, in it. So we drive there Sunday at ten thirty a.m. because that's the time you scheduled. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy, a security guy, that opens the gate and lets you in, and he tells you immediately. Um. You know, only one person, the person that's name is on the receipt can go in. So I couldn't go in there with her. Now, my mom and dad are in the car. And when we got in, you could obviously see a lot of people with like a couple of U-Hauls, trucks. Like people were really uh, out in, there's a lot of people there, I thought. Yeah, there were a lot of people there for the appointment. and, And people were getting large furniture items. Whereas, you know, we had taken a different approach looking for memorabilia. So it was a bummer that Ryan couldn't come in because we kind of had, you know, this man on the street interview plan. And like, certainly it was going to be much more fun for me to like have him in there to see what's going on. But I I had to go in alone. Yeah. And so we're not going to play any of this because it turns out this potentially is not right to do. But she was like, you know, I said to not we're not going to talk about any of that. But basically what what happened inside? So um, I went inside and 
the first thing I did was I walked in. There was one other woman waiting in the, the waiting area. And then there was a man kind of behind the reception desk where I took my receipt and showed him my name and my, my ID. And then I tried to pump him for information for the good of the pod. So I said, you know, oh, was I wonder what you would look like with crotchless underwear, sir. I said, you know, is every, you know, is everything just about picked up? And he said, oh, just about half the stuff's picked up. And he really wasn't giving me did a lot you, of You should have been like, this guy's a hell of a criminal, isn't he? Like, did you do anything <laughs> like that? No, no, no. Um, but I was trying to be real friendly. I was like, you know, the, I go, I think my things are going to be very heavy. Can I have my friend come in and help me carry it out? Like, again, I was really Were trying like, to. you like, I'm just a tiny girl and I can't hold things. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just, I. I just tried to be incredibly sweet and, and yeah. try to get you in there. But they weren't moved. They said, no, we'll help you, ma'am. And so then I decided, okay, so how am I how am I going to make the most out of this experience? So And Heather McDonald, by the way, went on Friday, the podcaster, and they yelled at her for filming. So we knew going in that they were going to be uh, weird with filming. And I filmed myself outside waiting. And even that, the guy was like kind of giving me looks. And I thought, oh, this will be a great time to talk to people. But Everybody, it was like weird. Like nobody was made, and I now it makes sense because it's like it is. Why would you make eye contact when you're at this? It's kind of weird. Like it's like, hey, hey, what's up, dude? It's Sunday morning, you know? Yeah. So I I decided to chat up the one woman that was waiting in the waiting room, and she was lovely. And so we talked for probably ten minutes while we waited. And she was a fellow attorney, but she was a personal injury attorney, and she was there buying file cabinets and she was quite impressed that she got them for $83 because they were $1,000 cabinets and then she asked there was some I mean all joking aside there were some steals there were some great deals if you guys were in the market for office items I cannot recommend enough the Girardi Keys office estate sale but you blew it because it's now over no okay so yeah I mean you're gonna look out for the next person that totally defrauds the the bar association and stuff like that for the next sale you know but then she asked me, well, what did you get? And so I um, I said, well, I've got this painting. And so and then I told her about the podcast. And then my best friend had a podcast. And she should listen to it because I'm always trying to plug it. And then she said, well, what else did you get? And then I told her that I got this box of random um, frames and photos and that we were excited to see what was in it. But I didn't confess to the lingerie because I was a you little. Should have, you should have looked at it. And I got crotchless pants and not even <laughs> broken eye contact. Right. And just stared at her and I, and I got unused crotch. I was just kind of testing the waters. I will admit that 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 felt like a step too far. But then we were then we chatted some more. She actually is the one that told me that she had learned that the auction brought in eight million dollars. And then, uh, you know, she said, you know, I don't watch the show, but maybe I'll watch it this season. So then we talked quite a bit about the show while we were waiting. How did she hear about the estate sale, I wonder? Well, I think she's in a plaintiff's bar. So I think, you know, she heard about it through through that. Um, but then as we were talking more and she's like, well, what are you going to do with all the, the box of stuff? And I said, oh, I think we're going to make it a bit on the podcast. And that's when I confessed to the to the lingerie. And then ev- the other women in the room, when they heard that that was our hall, they tell they me more, tell oh, me it, more. It like Did that. it get very far? So then they finally they wheel the stuff out. And the first thing I see is the painting and the painting is enormous. Huge, yeah. And everyone's like, oh, my God. And I'm starting to feel a little embarrassed. And then I You should have been like, that's not the one I got. (laughs) What? That's crazy. And then the box of what we got was not just a box. It was an entire dolly. It was like a box. They really loaded it up. It was 29 giant They said 21. It was 29. No, they... 
And so you come outside with a guy who's wheeling things out, and then two well, and don't and don't forget the laundry. So then there's also the box of the laundry. Yeah, and that's laying on top, and two ladies are following you out, going because they're dying. Go, they're like, I want to see this lingerie. Right. And they're so like, all do, of a sudden, they're I'm like, do you mind if I like, film do, you? Do I mind you film? And then is then that was kind of weird to me. I was like, lady, what are you getting your kicks out here? Well, like, two two women filmed us as we brought it out to the car, and then somebody DM me or somebody put a message on one of the, my posts saying. Oh, my friend saw you guys there when you were wheeling it out. So I was wondering if that was her friend. I don't know. Unclear. But it was it was pretty funny that like everyone there was like kind of not making eye contact. But the second our hall came out, like we got we definitely got some attention for. for well, then Megan tried it on right there in the parking lot. I did. So insane. And that was totally unscripted, unplanned. No, she did not. But she did bring it out and showed everybody. And it was like it was like the. Sixteen candles when Anthony Michael Hall held up <laughs> Molly Ringwald's panties of like we got them and everybody was like whoa we paid we charged everybody five dollars to touch the panties yes um but so I'm like going through like I'm seeing this box and I'm like whoa and the first thing you guys I grabbed was a Tom Girardi glamour shot which was looked very recent of him in a lawsuit, like a glamour It doesn't shot. look very recent. Did you see him in Burbank at the old folks home? No, it doesn't look like, it doesn't look, but I'm saying it looked like jolly <laughs> He had a old, mask and a, cherubic a black And I was like, once I saw that, I was like, whoa, this is like jackpot. And then there was Super Lawyer of the Year Award in there. Super Lawyers is a peer-reviewed um, legitimate award. That you buy. No. You don't buy Somebody's that. telling me you buy Super Lawyer of the Year that, award. First of all, it's not of the year. Super, super Lawyers. Super Lawyers just denotes the top 5% of attorneys in a particular specialty in a particular state. It is not purchased. Okay. I I, I have that award. You probably bought the award. Did not. I did not. My law firm does not do that. It's, it's a peer Anyways, can we also admit that Super Lawyers sounds a little... Weird, you know, like I feel like you're just mad you don't have a super podcast. Well, I feel like they could have. I I will one day. I feel like they could have. They could do a better award than super lawyer. Like you could have been like uh, lawyer of excellence. You know, like super lawyer. It makes it sound like like Superman. There's there's awesome. There's best lawyers. Oh my god. There's lots of these awards. So lawyers like to award themselves. We got a lot of these awards. Plus. There, I, I said this on the podcast yesterday, but there was one of a little girl that's like uh, holding a sign that says, uh, we love Girardi Keys. Or thank you, thank Girardi, you Girardi Keys. Keys. And there's like, children's the drawings. Um, there's, you know. With a lot of golf awards, Lots I think. of golf awards. Um, uh, you know, paintings or other pictures and drawings. There's one that's um, of Jesus as yes, a judge. Jesus, Jesus of a judge and somebody arguing a case against Jesus. No, two Jesus. Two Jesus. And it's called like something, the something witness. That I think they probably could have listed. Do you think Jesus separately? If, if, if Jesus is in heaven, he's just like, why do people draw this kind of shit? Like, like honestly, <laughs> I mean, he's like, this- I never have set foot in a courtroom when I was alive. They didn't even exist back in my day. Like, why do people do this with my image and likeness? This is like where he's like, I would sue if I was still on Earth. You know, Jesus I mean, should be more protective of his image, right? Like, just do but a also, last, just do a last chooses- supper with Tupac. Tom- so Tom saw this at one point and was like, I gotta have that. Well, like, that's I, I in mean, the office. But who knows who selected it? Because one of the drawings, I looked on the back of it, and this is another one I want to return. It's like, to Jake, Courtney, you know, for passing the bar on the first try, love grandma. So, like, you know, that I feel like belongs to someone, It would too. be funny to get, take this really serious and 
we watched that art documentary, the the heist one, the art. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. We should like hire a really fancy art provenance person and just give them like children's paintings from Tom Girardi and say, figure it out, you know? Like, wouldn't that be funny to see how like good Scott they are? I feel like Scott Disick did that bit on Kardashians already oh, no, <laughs> with no. Art Basil. So, um, not, not original. But then, so we're going through. And so we get home and we have, you know, Bill and Becky, it takes all four of us to lug all of these um And my parents inside. are at this point getting a little tired and not... I mean, they they love the joke, but they're kind of just still confused a little bit, and they want to. We said that we to get, went to brunch. They wanted first. to get long. They wanted to go back to Long Beach. I could tell, but also it was it was weird when all of a sudden we're putting lingerie and a huge painting into an SUV. <laughs> like it is, like you know, they they played along, but um, they're definitely talking about us now. Uh, so we get get everything in. We take it into my guest room, which just has a Peloton in it. Which this room now, by the way, is you know probably what fourteen by sixteen, and it's totally filled with auction winnings. And we start going through the items one by one. And Ryan knows that he saw that one picture of Tom, and there's going to be some good stuff in there. So we're looking at everything, and then I pull out two smaller frames with photos of a child. I look at them and I say, Ryan, doesn't this look like Erica? Yeah, you did say that. And you said. That is Erica. And I said, I don't know if that's Erica. Let me Google. So then I Googled Erica Jane child photos. That's so creepy. (laughs) Now that's on your search history. And that's is. Yeah. And the Bravo website came up and they had pictures like before they were stars. And this one particular photo that bravo has is, is the in, same photo. is in the frame is in the frame we so have we, the original of this picture so we confirmed so i mean immediately when we saw this i said we got to get this back to her like we this shouldn't be in here and megan knows where she lives because megan likes to walk by erica jane's place over in hancock park a lot like that's one of her favorite walks yeah and who who goes on that walk with me? i have i always told you i you try to get me to shoot a cameo in front of erica jane's uh house at Hancock Park. And I was like, I don't feel comfortable. Have, did I not say I don't feel comfortable doing that? You did. Okay, so I'm saying... But but don't make it sound like I go by myself. You also Who knows? Go. Well, you, you might go by yourself. <laughs> but by the way, like you could literally just go and hand these back to her. Yeah, she her, her house is within a 10-minute walk from where we are right now. But you said, okay, well... I'm like, we got to get these back. Do you, she's like, maybe we can, bar- maybe you can get a podcast interview. And I, I go, did say that. And I go, I don't want a podcast. I don't want to talk to Erica Jane. But at the same time, That's there's. That's crazy. I, I. No, it would be like, no, I'm, I'm saying. She's not Jax. No, I don't want. I'd rather talk to Jax than Erica Jane. Honestly. That's bold. I, I really would. Like, I don't, I just, I think Erica Jane is so misguided that it's like. It wouldn't even be fascinating because she is so misguided thinking this is about her and not really pulling back and realizing in the macro sense this – she's only a small part of all Would of you this. interview Kanye? Oh, hell yeah. I mean it would be gobbledygook but like mm-hmm. I would totally do it in a heartbeat. Okay. But anyways, you said – and I said no, just get – and so you reached out to her on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I, and you I said did not re- big I, fan. No. Uh, I, well, I was going to no. I was gonna DM her from Instagram but you have um, – you tagged her in one of our interviews about her on the really? pod. So, like, if she were I to... I did? Yeah. So if no. She, yes. I would not tag her, ever. Wait, wait. Breaking news. Um, Megan just checked on that last thing about I tagged Erica Jane. What What did you actually mean? Um, I actually mean that I did. What the hell is your problem? Why would you... Was, have, she's the enemy. Why would you tag her in something that I've done? I, I, I have a couple of confessions here. So, oh, my God. So, again, so the reason I didn't DM her about the pictures is because I didn't want her to scroll up and see... 
that the I've last been doing podcast about her. about the podcast. But here's what it was. This is November twelfth, twenty twenty. So this is let me right, put myself back in November twelfth. Okay, this was right after the divorce was filed. Okay, but before Justice Bigelow and before You're not, everything. Did you go? Please tell me the message is like. Girl, I got your back, girl. No, it's, um, I did, so you did your post about the pod that day, and then I shared it, and I, in my stories, and I wrote, I got to talk about my favorite BH housewife at the pretty mess with at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. Download and follow on IG. (laughs) You're putting like, oh my God, that's so wild. So I think literally at that that. moment, all we knew was the divorce. And I think you interviewed me about like, what does it mean to get divorced in California? And this is before we knew all the stuff. What up, girl? Big fan. Well, anyway, um, so I didn't want her to know or put together that I was in somehow related to the podcast. So I went to my Twitter where I think I have a whopping um, 13 followers. <laughs> and I, it's more than that. But what I will say, so you reached out. So what you did is you reached out to Erica on Twitter. And I know Medita, she mentioned she has a, um, her friend has, is, is, her friend's friend still does makeup for Erica Jane, even through all of this. So there is an intermediary we can go through, but by no means do I want to ever, yeah, that would all be you. I don't want to personally hand over anything, but I just, neither of us want them. No. no. I mean, they don't belong to us. I mean, I wonder why they were even at the law firm. Like, I don't have, well, like. Well, no, I can see that. Like, they were in a real, it was thir- It was a 23-year marriage. Okay, so like, when you were married, did you have your ex's baby pictures on your desk? How dare you? I still have them with me right now. What do you mean? No, right. no. Um, no, no, like no definitely, but I didn't have a real job either. Like, I, I was an acting teacher. I mean, I didn't have a real gig where I had, like, come into my office, you know? I, I, have, I, I have that. I have that, and I can tell you that there are many pieces of art and f- pictures in my office, but no pictures of, of children that are not... I see. I feel like you're making that more lascivious than, than it is, honestly. I feel like it's, it's just, like... like it wasn't hers. It was like hers, like an eight, nine year old. She know, looked cute see, in the photos. Agree, you know? t- they're darling, but I'm just saying it, it just seemed odd to me that that was even at her husband's office and not somewhere else. But regardless of where they were, now they are in my guest room. And but also, not you, mine. I mean, you dolts on the internet. I talked about this yesterday. Who are like thinking like we would purposely bid? I mean, like I'll bid on weird shit like a oil painting of Tom and his brother, a Picasso from Tom and his brothers. Mm-hmm. But I don't. There's no part of me that would have been like. Give me those child photos. I'll, I'll go up to 70 wow. on the child wow, photos. That, you know? that just got even darker. I'm doing the same Tom Girardi. I'll uh, crotch panties in those child photos. You know, like, <laughs> now this is a Duggar podcast. No, 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 but you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no part of me. Like, I even have limits. I even have, like, things where I'm like, oh, that to me doesn't. I, I'm a comedy snob. And to me, I'm like, that's not funny at all. You know? Totally. And I mean, I think I think people thought it was even weird that we, like, posted that we had them. But. Yeah, but also, uh, you know, the photos were on the internet already from bravo they were yeah. on the bravo website and they're not like it was of- also but it was factually what was given to us in one of the biggest law cases of corruption in los angeles involving a reality star all of that you're damn well i'm gonna post whatever guy i mean that this is part of the weirdness of the case there is no part of this that makes tons of sense or is like kind of done like in a really cool special way like they're throwing shit together like baby photos with law awards it doesn't make any sense no it was just you know it was like storage wars you don't know what you're gonna get in the storage war but you you hope that there's something funny or weird or we'll let go of those baby photos for five $500 American. <laughs> um, 
So, so we're gonna we're gonna work to get them back. Thus far, she has not responded to my tweet, but you know, it sounds like Maritza has a, an avenue. You should just keep going, like Erica. Hey, it's me girl. again from November. Hey, girl. Hey, my favorite um, BH housewife. And if I will say, at the time, she was because when I saw them all filming in New York in September of 2019, I thought she seemed delightful. Oh, you what? You thought? Yeah, I'm sure. If I fucking had a bunch of money that I didn't earn, I would probably be delightful too. You know. It, it must be a really nice lifestyle that she had lived. And now, but I think just like Erica's post today and how she's handled this whole thing, like I keep saying, she is not focused on what this actually is about. And it, to her, this is exactly why people want to be on TV and reality shows. It's ego driven. And you're going to see this with Jen Shaw as well, is that she thinks she is the main character. So she thinks it's the persecution of Erica Jane and she's turning herself into this kind of glorified martyr when in fact it's like, Erica, we just want your shitty clothing back. Like we want the jewels and the clothing back and to give it back. You can worry about your lifestyle. Let Lisa Renna care for you. But it, this is to me like she thinks she is in the, the driver's seat with this. I mean, I can't, I can't get a read. Like, I just think like, I have no idea what she's doing. I have no idea. She's an enigma wrapped in a mystery. I I feel like that gives it too much credit. I don't even feel, I feel she's a a created enigma. I feel like she's a Mikey Minden created enigma. Right. She's not like, she she said she wanted to do this. This is a character. I don't think she's hypersexual. I don't think, I think think she's she's somebody, I think she's like a, I think she's a high school theater person. She, it reminds me of everybody I did high school theater with that actually had unlimited budget and did big budget high school musicals. You know, like it was like, I've got, and, and Tom would write that check. And that's why I think their relationship is so much closer than anybody gives it credit for because they did, they were together 23 years. He did have his, her childhood photos in his office. Like these are things that like, this is a real relationship. And they're like, oh, Tom cheated. Guess what? Supposedly wait, 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 95% wait, wait, wait. of men wait. cheat. Hang on, hang on. Did you just say that this was a real relationship and that they were closer than people think and that he has their ch- You have argued with me and said that they didn't really love each other. She was only with him for money. You're lying, first off. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. What I said was... No, you said that said, to me. You said I, that no, to no, me. No, no, no. I said you, you, you lie. I said over 23 years, you do... I said there is a respect there and there is love because of the lifestyle he provided her. But it wasn't this kind of like um, love that we... It wasn't like Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan and Sleepless in Seattle. It was... Uh, so it's not 90s rom-com love, but... No, but it's, you it's, did, it's, But you did no, just I said, that I said it's a real res- relationship. I think anything over five, anything over five years, like there is a real relationship there. It might not be any kind of relationship that we know or would ever want, but there is a real relationship to them. Right. Which I tried to say to you and you said, no, that yeah, it's just I think for money. I, I, listen, I, you can go DM Erica Jane all day long and, and talk that. No, I'm going to go back to your old podcast episodes. Please, and like, please it, call me out on this. No, I'm joking. But I, I do think there... I think there was a closeness there, and that's why I. But you do don't think, think it was like a, an actual love. No, I mean, there's was... all kinds of love, but I think you can love somebody for taking you out of your circumstance. You can love somebody for getting you the hundred and fifty thousand dollar ring you've always wanted. God, you know, when you get stuff like that, I'm sure that really like, oh wow, like I think I feel love right now. Like, did she love to like play around with saggy balls? Probably not. But in her mind, she probably had a lot of like rationalizations for that like well everybody's balls get saggy one day like oh like oh he's you know like guess 
guess what doesn't sag? All of these these rings he's bought in me and these shoes. Like that to me really puts it into the winning column sometimes for Tom. And then especially if he is taking care of her as well as he has, plus he got her on the show through David Foster, that's stuff that you owe Tom for the rest of your life. That's like Godfather shit, you know? So I do believe she is a part of this in certain ways more than we will ever probably find out. But like I had a guess on today that I think is coming out on Thursday that we talk about, you know, the thing is, is that now it's getting proven that she is, you know, like uh, she was part of the lottery money that was not, that was won. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he signed over like a percentage of it to Erica for some reason. And Erica lied about having that money. So now it is veering into criminal territory for Erica. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. So um, the thing I am curious about, too, is like, is she going to fight for any of this money from the Girardi case estate sale? I I can't imagine that she would would do that. But um, stranger things have happened. Um, so the takeaway. So and also you did sage all of this, right? Because a lot of people said this was bad juju and you uh that, that, that this was this was bad and we were going to absorb the negative energy which i feel horrible right now can you like see how sweaty i am on my forehead yeah you did yeah. sweat through the pillow yeah there. um no but we, but we also felt comfortable doing it because the money is actually going to the creditors and the victims so and listen i was in i was in the market for crotchless underwear. Like, this was something that I've always no, said, I want crotchless underwear. And Well, we know nerds, that that's a lie because you don't even know what the point... You just you just said earlier today you didn't know what the point of them were. It's still something I want. It's I'm never going to... Like, I don't love... Uh, I don't love Indian food, but I still am going to try it. Like, I'm still going to see what it's all about, you know? Yeah. And that's not true. I do love Indian okay, food. I was going to say, because I, I ordered that of, I was trying to think okay. of a food that I don't like. Okay, so this was actually, I thought, a very interesting experiment that I think went very well, and we're a part of history now. And for anybody laughing, I really do think this is a part of history. We're going to still see this play out for the next probably couple of years until Tom passes away, which, by the way, you know, Ronald Richards, the, the pit bull lawyer, is saying... There is no evidence of him staying at that uh, well, old, old well, person's home. Now, talk about creepy. Like, this guy, while I appreciate all the information that he's putting into um, the zeitgeist for us to digest and talk about ad nauseum on podcasts, but, like, I really question some of the professionalism of this gentleman. And, and like, he's, I heard... He's right behind you. I heard today on another pod that he was, like, going into the dining room at that Burbank senior living facility and like taking pictures of old people eating and being like, no Tom here. Like, come on, that's creepier than us going to the estate sale and buying on accident the pictures. Um, but no, so we ha- now we have all of the stuff. I have a guest room chock full of memorabilia, which I did this morning, sage and smudge. Um, smudge? Well, basically, I was, like, saging the room, and then I was, like, saging near the door, and then I accidentally got the sage stick too close, and then I left a giant black, like, charcoal-y smudge on the door, so I decided I've now also smudged. Man, this, I mean, it really could be, like, a horror film, you know? If Tom dies, he could, like, he could be in that oil painting. Like in Ghostbusters 2 with the guy in the oil painting. I live alone here, and I've been sleeping with this stuff. hey, lady, let's see those crotchless undies. (laughs) It's me, Ghost Tom. <laughs> so, you know, we do we do have quite a bit of stuff. And, you know, I think just tying it back to what we talked about before, we do have this beautiful oil painting, which you are going to have 
you know, created into something better. You should uh, tweet Lisa Rinna and go like, hey, kiss ass, we got your friend's childhood photos. What's up? Do you want to own it? Do you, I think Rinna would run over here quickly. <laughs> cackle. But yeah, so we're going to get the painting um, made into something new. Um, the lingerie, I think probably uh, Maritza will, will post some pictures of both you and I in it. And uh, as for the 29 frames and photos, we're going to get Erica Jane's baby photos back to her and we'll report back on the pod what we do with that. And the other 27 items, I think, you know, we'll probably cherry pick the best for your museum. And I, I think you thought of an idea where we might do a giveaway. I think one of the ones, yeah, a giveaway would, I think, be really in order. You could own a piece of history yourself. And I think that's nothing says um, nothing says supporting the podcast like a podcast contest and that you would win a Tom, an actual Tom Girardi piece of art. I think that's something that, that I mean, we can, we can actually do multiple contests. We've got a, we've got a lot. We can do this for years. Like we could maybe make it a Patreon level. Yeah. Or you could, and this is stuff you get, you, like this is stuff you can pass down to your kids. I know a lot of you guys have families. This is something that would stay in your family for the rest of your lives. You know, mm-hmm. that's special. This is going to be culturally relevant for at least six more weeks. Shut No, I think much longer. <laughs> I mean, because we still got the LA, like the California bar. I feel like there's major changes are going to happen to it for that. Um, so anyways, that was our experience. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm a little dizzy. I just really don't feel good because the obviously the bad juju from Tom. Do you uh, have any other final sentiments? No, I think, I mean, I explained how crotchless panties How work, are you not so. disbarred at this point? I feel like it's so close. I mean, I'm actually, I'm actually newly barred in California. Yeah, <laughs> you're a California... So I'm really pushing it. Yeah, so uh, until the, the next... Uh, and by the way, this is like one of the first uh, installments of Bravo Action News where, you know, we go on the scene and take you behind the scenes on some of your favorite upcoming um, pertinent Bravo news. So I think this is... Such an exciting story, and I cannot wait to talk about whatever we see tomorrow night on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills on Friday's recap. And uh, that's it. That's it. Okay, you guys. Uh, thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Bye. You guys, that was Megan Rooney. We're gonna we're gonna cut to some commercials, and then right after that, Entertainment Tonight's Bryce Sander, and this guy's awesome. We, I am folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts, I got a pair of green shorts, I cannot wait to style these for summer, and I gotta tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. 
Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. I'm so proud that we have two sponsors uh, supporting the pod this week, HelloFresh. We know HelloFresh. We love HelloFresh. They're back with us. And then a new one. Get ready, folks. Ready Slim. Ready. This is like made for me. So uh, I got to say, they sent me this about a week and a half ago. And I don't know if you've heard a little bit more bounce in my step or if you've seen my pictures on the old Instagram. I'm looking a little bit more thinned out in the face, I think. You're like, no, you don't, right? But I think I do. I have more energy. I feel lighter. I have gotten better sleep. I mean, I don't know. I've just been kind of hiding in the bedroom from my parents. Uh, And I have been waking up better than I have in a while. Uh, And get this, you guys. This is from a detox tea. I am finally promoting a detox tea. This is a cool one. I think Ready Slims. Ready Slims detox teas are made with high quality, 100% organic herbs that gently boost your metabolism and help digestion while also reducing bloating and gas. Is this, I can, I talk like this with you guys. Can I say that it's reduced my bloating and gas? So I added this to my lifestyle and I have lost 4.2 pounds according to my digital weight machine thing. So ready slims detox teas are made with no fillers, no additives and no laxatives so they're safe to drink daily. Now, Ready Slim's 28-day detox tea kit has everything you need. Now, this is this is what they call it. The Wakey Wakey Morning Detox Tea helps boost your energy levels to start your day off right. And then they have a snoozy night detox tea. Now, snoozy, you guys, is spelled S-N-O-O-Z-Z-Z-Y, and it helps you relax and supports the natural detox process while you get your well-deserved beauty sleep. So I'm about to take my detox tea, my night detox tea here in a second after I finish. I'm usually kind of amped from screaming into a microphone. So the best part of Ready Slim is how it aids in weight loss, plus it is keto-friendly. Um, so like I said, I am actually using these. I will keep you posted this week as I do it more, but it really has helped me. And I am always looking, I'm not trying to look for the next diet fad, but as I get older and it's something that I've had to, uh, work at my entire life, because I've told you guys, I yo-yo in weight. I've been big, I've been small, but I'm always trying to look to get healthier. And I got to just be honest with you. This, uh, 
have you heard about this pandemic we had? It, uh, it, it kicked me in the nuts and I gained a bunch of weight during the pandemic, like a lot of us did, but I'm trying to get it off and I'm trying to do it healthy. And this is all made with natural ingredients. And I was like, this actually sounds cool. Let me try it. So I'm going to share more of my experience, but it has been good so far. So say hello to a better, brighter you. And right now for a limited time, you can save 25% on your first order of Ready Slim's 28-day detox tea kit, plus get a free collapsible water bottle. Wait, I didn't get the free collapsible water. What the heck? So go to readyslim.com/sobad. That's R-E-A-D-Y-S-L-I-M.com/sobad to save 25% on your first purchase of Ready Slim's 28-day detox tea kit, plus a free collapsible water bottle readyslim.com slash so bad. Wow. Okay. So welcome that as a new sponsor. And of course, HelloFresh, you guys, we love HelloFresh. What is HelloFresh? If you don't know, where have you been? This is literally the number one food delivery service. With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. So you skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. You guys, for real, like we're getting back to work now and you don't want to have to stop at the grocery store. Actually, it is so hard to even get to work or do anything normal these days. Take one of these worries out of your head and just go with HelloFresh. So uh, fall is right around the corner. Oh my God, it's almost fall. So HelloFresh recipes, they have all new fall recipes. Uh, they help you with meal planning, the shopping, the chopping. It all comes in these really cute individual packages. Um it was actually really uh, cool. Like I felt like an actual chef. I felt like, re oh, no, I'm not going to even say his name. I watched that Anthony Bourdain documentary, you guys, Roadrunner. I highly recommend. I wish I knew how to cook, but I don't. But HelloFresh takes all of that out of your, like they have a simple, easy to follow recipe where a dumb, dumb like me can fully do it. This is the other cool thing. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need to easily customize your order on the app within minutes. They have an app for this now. There's an app for everything. So you can easily change your delivery day, your food preferences, your plan size, your plan size, or you can even skip a week whenever you need to. And so if you guys are all vegan, they have vegan meals. If you want if you're meat friendly, they have that. If you're looking for more light meals, they have that. You can customize this. It's really cool. They really are trying to help you out with whatever you need for each individual experience. And that is huge. So for me, this did help because uh, I, as you know, um, I, I am not the best at taking care of literally guys. I'm living on detox tea right now, but they sent this, I made the chili meal. I made the chicken meal and it was really good. It was really, I just kind of walked away with a sense of pride. I know you guys are better cooks than I did. I am, but you can even give your husbands this or your wives this and say, you do this and it's easy to follow. Um, so I think it's, really well worth it. And this is actually really cool. So go to hellofresh.com slash so bad 14 and use code S O B A D 14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. 
So once again, that's HelloFresh.com slash SoBad14 and use code SoBad14. HelloFresh, it is America's number one meal kit. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to SoBad. It's good with Ryan Bailey. I am so excited for my next guest. Now, you guys know I actually talked about him last week and I've talked about him a bunch of weeks in a row right now because I really think he is the best at what he does. These shows that we so, so love, he gets to talk to the best people of these shows. He always breaks the news that I end up talking about, and he has a level head. He's positive. I'm going to try to get interviewing techniques from him today because he is actually, and you guys know, as a kid, I was in love with Entertainment Tonight. Like that was in Kansas. I had 6 p.m. was Entertainment Tonight. 6.30 was Access Hollywood, but my heart was always Entertainment Tonight. Bob Goen, John Tesh, Mary Hart. But let me just read you his title. Chief Real Housewives Correspondent for Entertainment Tonight or ET Now. I'm going to give you all of his socials to follow if you don't already, because you, you already are following him, I'm sure. But Bryce Sander, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I just want to, on the record, that Chief Real Housewives correspondent is a made-up title. I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't. It's like the king. Michael Jackson was the king of pop. He made that up. You could be Chief Housewives correspondent. <laughs> I will but, take it. But also, you kind of are a Chief Housewives correspondent because you. I mean, just this this week alone, you had news stories with Ashley Darby. Uh, you did this great reunion with Captain Lee and Kate Chastain. I mean, you just you. I, I need to know how you got started. Why, I mean, what what is the progression of all of this? But I guess let's just start with some um, some recent news. Um, yeah. What is I was talking about you in regards to the story about Real Housewives of New York. There is a rumor flying every 30 minutes right now in terms of Real Housewives of New York casting. And you did this wonderful interview with Andy Cohen a couple of weeks ago for his new show, X-Rated, I believe. And he was very open and honest with you and just said, I, I think we're going to keep the same cast, probably add a couple of people. And then all of these Dumas rumors just like yeah. are flying <laughs> back and forth. And you tweeted and you said, hey, I, I'm hearing that there's no truth to these rumors. Is that truly what you're hearing? Yes, from very solid sourcing. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, and when see, I believe you when you say very solid because you do have very solid sourcing. I would say probably the best sourcing. Well, I will. I'll take that. I appreciate you saying that. But yeah, so I, I've heard that everything Dumois has posted about New York is not true, um, and I think a lot of the stuff Dumois and a lot of the stuff you see on Instagram just. Take everything with a grain of salt, unless it's coming from an official news outlet, I always say, because there were also all these rumors that there was going to be a virtual New York reunion films um, this week, which did not happen. Um, And the reunion is still a question mark. They haven't shot it. And as far as I know, there are no plans to do it in the immediate future. I feel like this year must have been the most intense year for house for your job, <laughs> particularly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I've been watching these shows from the very beginning, and I don't know if it was the pandemic or just, but it feels like it is intensified so in, in the amount of news in the. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I think it's just a, a bunch of stuff compounding each other. It's like we were in a pandemic. We went through a reckoning on racism. We were in a heated political time. We're reaching 15 years of this franchise being a thing and a decade of a lot of these shows being on. And that's usually kind of a pivot point anyway. So, yeah, I think it was kind of the perfect storm of 
wildness. And then also Zoom made it so much more accessible to talk to people. So I, I think the housewives are doing way more press um, than they've ever done before. Yeah. And, and I mean, do you, I think it was an adjustment for a lot of us. I, I teach actors or coach actors and a lot of things are of course on zoom with even coaching, but in your job, you were used to in-person interviews a lot of the times. Yeah. How has that, I mean, what was the learning curve on that? Do you like it? <laughs> do you like it better? Or, I mean, you know, what was that like for you? Um, yeah, it was a learning curve. You know, I started on the floor of my living room was like my original interview <laughs> spot. And my first interview, I think it was, it was in the same day or same week. I did Bethany Frankel and Denise Richards. I can't remember who came first. Um, but it's like Bethany was living her pandemic life in the Hamptons, like wet hair in a bathrobe. And Denise was caught like joining the call from her car. Cause she yeah, didn't have good yeah, Wi-Fi yeah. in Malibu. So like, that's where we started. Um, <laughs> and then we've gotten to a place where it's like, I got a light set up, a mic set up an HD camera. And now it's yeah. just the norm. And it's to me, I'm like, it'll, maybe it'll be weird to go back and do it in person. <laughs> yeah. I was, somebody said if they want, if I wanted to do an interview in person the other day and I almost, I was like, are you kidding? Like, are, is that a thing? Like, are we, are we doing that now? <laughs> um, so before we get into a lot more of the dirt and like uh, housewives and Bravo and all of that good stuff, um, I want to know how you got your start. Like where is this something that was a dream of yours? A lot of careers people fall into. What has been your path? Yeah, I mean, this is something I did want to pursue. Like I went to college being like, I want to do entertainment journalism and went to a very serious journalism school, the University of Missouri, where I was the outlier. Everyone else was like ready to get in the trenches of local news. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I don't want that. Um, so I kind of figured out how, I mean, obviously I have like a very strong news background. I did work in local news while I was in college. It was part of our program. Um, but then I didn't want to do that. I started working at a tech startup, a video company called Newsy. That's kind of evolved into this whole other thing now than when I was there. Um, they had a deal with the university. So I worked there as a student and then that turned into a full-time job where my first job out of college was recapping television shows. Um, so I would, I would work overnight, watch a bunch of TV and then make short videos about it. Um, you were, wait, then, what, what kind of shows were, did they pick the shows or were you able to pick the show? It was like a mixture. I mean, it was everything from, we'd cover housewives then to like the weird stuff that was on investigation discovery of like, you'll never believe that this person, you know, <laughs> murdered their husband. Um, it's like, well, you can't believe it because it's on investigation discovery. Uh, so that was my first job. And then I was a little burnt out after so many years of working overnight and just ready for a change. Um, so I left Newsy and I worked at BuzzFeed for like the hottest minute, like a, just a few months, <laughs> um, writing a bunch of pop culture stuff. And then kind of in this whirlwind, this ET offer appeared. Um, and so I moved out to LA and I've been at ET for the last six years. God. And it really is. I mean, did you have the same affinity for entertainment tonight that, that I did? And that, I mean, I really do think it is in terms of entertainment news, it was around before ever. I mean, this was, this has been around for so it, long. It, yeah. ET invented the genre, which I don't know that people know that like entertainment news and entertainment news shows weren't really around. Yeah, not at um, all. And, and I think people magazine was around um, and then ETA launched, I believe in 1981, um, cause I believe that this past season was our 40th season. Um, and so, yeah, and it's wild. I, 
was obviously aware of the brand and like had an affinity for it, but I don't think I had an appreciation for what it was until I was working here. Um, because it's like, we have, we've been around 40 years. We've got 40 years of footage. We've got so much <laughs> history. Um, and we are like a news leader and it's just very cool to work in a place like that. When you were a kid, what were, who were your pop culture icons? Who were the people that you were like, I've got to read, listen, uh, watch, whatever they do. Oprah. Um, yep. I was a big Oprah fan and would watch it, uh, when I came home from school. Um, I was like a, uh, how can I say this? I, was a fan of a different entertainment news outlet, which I won't name, but yes, like one that is very popular with the millennial generation that I think a lot of us grew up watching. Maybe it's a full channel. Um, <laughs> so like that, those were the things I consumed. And I don't know, I've just been a fan of a lot of stuff always. Like I've always been interested in pop culture. Um, and like, I, I have watched the housewives since they started just cause I, liked to watch new things that came on. Like I've always watched an absurd amount of television. Yeah. I mean, and it just, I was talking to the audience and I was saying it is, it, it, it's never ending like this. You, you're not going to win the game of pop culture. We're never going to be able to listen to everything we want to listen to watch right. the, the amount. And even with Bravo, I love that Bravo has finally leaned into even these housewives, all stars and winter house, summer, lucky charm or whatever they're <laughs> called. Like, I love that. Like, I love that they're expanding the Bravo universe like 90 day did. Um, but it is funny. It can, it can sometimes be all consuming because there's so much of it. Yeah. And you, I feel like I have gotten to a pressure point where I'm like, okay, what, what am I committing to? And what is going to be a blind spot for me? Yeah. I mean, and that, that's the thing. Cause you want to be, when I was a kid, I thought I could see everything, read everything. And then you realize like, okay, you can't, but then you also realize taste is involved. Like, right. okay. I, like I don't like Jean von Claude Van Damme. I'm not going to watch his <laughs> movies. You know, I remember my mom one time when I was growing up being like, one day you will not know all the songs in the top 20 on the radio. <laughs> which obviously like the industry has evolved, but it's like, it's true slash yeah. maybe I know what they are, but I don't like all of them anymore. I, and it's so disappointing to be like, I guess I'm just not going to participate in TikTok. Like I've got to be okay with not participating. Yeah. Anymore. I just got on TikTok cause I had been avoiding it. And then people were sending me links to watch stuff and they were, were not letting me play. It was like, you need, like I had reached some threshold where it's like, you've been, you've looked at enough videos where you need an account. Um, <laughs> and it is like the ultimate time suck. But I was like, I will not make any content that lives there. I don't think. Yeah. You think, but by the way, a year from now, you're going to be like, on, like <laughs> right. on, you're like Bryce and our TikTok correspondent. <laughs> from, um, uh, I do. So like when you come to an entertainment tonight thing, is that, do you bring, uh, are you the one that says, I really want to focus on housewives and Bravo and all of these, or is this, is this what they're looking for and bringing you on for initially six years ago? So it's not what I was brought on for. Um, I was brought on just to be a video producer for the website. And, but we had the opportunity to do original interviews and stuff as part of that. And I was just looking for like, what's a beat I could own that we're not covering really and housewives and slash Bravo slash reality TV um, was not being given the love it is now um, when I started. So it was just kind of like, I carved it out on my own. My first interview was Tamara judge. So it was just like, <laughs> and that just, that started everything. <laughs> um, 
how do you uh, marry or, you know, uh, deal with your own personal opinions of these shows as a fan? And then you have to, because I watch all of your, you know, you're so, you know, me, sometimes I'll read, like, if it's Lisa Rinna, I do not like Lisa Rinna, so it's hard for me to, <laughs> but, like, you're nice to everybody, and I know that's something you have to do. How do you, how do you reconcile that? How do you, how are you able to do that? I think one, it's just years of doing it. It's like, it just becomes second nature how to operate with people. And two, I give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Like, I I feel like I'm, I try to stay as neutral as possible when I'm watching the shows. Um, like, obviously I have thoughts and feelings about certain actions, but at the end of the day, I'm like, what is everybody contributing here? Um, like, Teddy, I think there wouldn't have been the last three seasons of Beverly Hills had she not been around. I know people have a lot of issues <laughs> with her, but think about like what unfolded on each season. What would you have been watching? No, um, you're, you're, you're totally right about it. And the same with Lisa Renna. It's like, I, I, but I think part of these shows now is disliking a character just as much as liking a character. That's where it lives. Like it almost, right. I, lo- I, I enjoy having a villain sometimes. Well, they're necessary. And I think the, Tricky part is like, you can't keep the same villain forever. Like people yeah. have to have redemption arcs and ups and downs. Um, and I think that's where the fandom gets scary because they, when they <laughs> commit to liking somebody um, and Beverly Hills to me has the most like voracious audience who is also like the most extreme about him, opinions and voicing them. Um so it's always interesting when that show is on the air, how people are going to interact with stuff. But I will tell you the people that, like the the world says we don't like this one those are the interviews you guys click on and watch the most so i don't know what to tell you oh and they're the most fun to talk about too like the thing even with teddy is that like the recurring joke with teddy is that she's boring blah 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 but it's a great it's the most fun it's an easy low-hanging joke but it's the best it's the most fun joke to make because it's just i don't know for some reason it just works but at the same time i love that she came back for an episode i love that she, there was a shot of teddy in the middle of a a dinner scene all of a sudden and you would i know she was i want to know more about that because there was that off, there was a flashback scene to earlier in the day with kyle visiting her and the kids at home which could have just been like oh we want to have something in case we need to toss to it but in the back of my mind i was like what if production was scared erica was going to jump ship here and they were like we got to bring in something to fill out the rest of the season and so we'll start filming with teddy and then erica was like no i'm gonna stick around and say everything and so teddy's just at that one event i love that you get so i will now that i do this so much you, you start to like really not fantasize but really think about what production goes through and how they put these things together because you're right i feel like they're not only trying to make a show but they're balancing all of these egos and you talk with these ladies every day and they have some of the biggest most fun egos of <laughs> any women i mean that their legendary status yeah has, has there ever been i mean who are some of the ladies that stand out to you of just like a presence when you talk to them i will say everybody is who they appear to be on the show. Like they are, <laughs> when I meet them, they're the exact same as they are on the show. Um, like I would say the, all the Atlanta ladies have like a big presence. Like they walk into a room or I guess log on a zoom and you're like, Oh, okay. Nini's here. Yeah. Kenya's here. Candy's here. Um, I would say that's the group that has the most like, Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Beverly Hills can have that too. New Jersey is like the most, those just feel like people who maybe are like in your life. Like they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel so like, daunting to talk. Yeah. Um, and then New York is just like a wild 
bag. <laughs> well, that's why I was like one of my my friends, Annabelle DeSisto, interviewed Ramona a long time ago and immediately within the first minute made Annabelle cry. Like, I, I mean, and like, like literally was like, is this is this an interview? This is what you call an interview. Have you ever not with Ramona, but has there ever what's the I guess what's the most nervous you've been going into an interview? And what is the potential worst interview that you've gotten so far? Besides um, this one. <laughs> this is not it. I don't think I've had a bad housewives interview. I will say that. Um, not that I can think of and Maybe I have, and I've just dumped it out of my brain. Um, I've had ones where I'm like, that's not how I wanted it to go. I didn't get everything I wanted to know, but it's like, I've never left one being like, oh, well, that was not it. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. In terms of like, surprises and stuff i mean one of my first interviews was cynthia bailey and she was it was like while she was trying to figure out if she was divorcing peter and we literally talked for like two hours and when it ended she was like i feel like this is just a therapy session and i was like me too <laughs> that's, um, what, that's what i was gonna ask you 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 edit these things down into such like a beautiful little package but like that's what i was gonna ask is like how long do these, how long do you get with these ladies? Cause it really is edited down to what you, it's the opposite of what I do, but it is so you get the crucial stuff, the good stuff, but how long does it take to get that? Yeah. I mean, so sad when you have to chop it down and you're like, Oh, it's like it's such a good 45 minutes, but no one's going to sit and watch a 45 minute. Yeah, video. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I get anywhere from like 15 minutes to an hour with the people. It just depends on how much time they have, how many questions I have um, and what, they're talking about um because it's like if they're promoting a non-housewives thing they usually have less time and then the housewives questions are can't be the main focus of what we're talking about um but if they're promoting housewives and they got the time we'll sit and talk forever do you go into uh, obviously you uh have studied this this is your, your your passion this is your job do you go in with different tactics on each interview you obviously get yeah, I mean, you really get them to say that one thing that we all want to read or you ask them that one question. But I know just dealing with that, you can't hit them with that question immediately. Like, is each person different for you? Do you really do that? Yeah, I try. I mean, there's obviously like there are some questions. If you watch enough of my stuff, you'll hear me ask very similar questions over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Or like if you read the articles, you'll notice a pattern of, oh, this is kind of something that always comes up. Um, but it is one I've been doing it long enough that most of these women know me. And I feel like we've built a trust. So there's like, that is there. I don't have to start from scratch every time. Um, if I am starting from scratch, it's like you create a safe space. Cause I think the women view it and I kind of view it this way too. The show they have no control over unless it's like Lisa Vanderpump on Vanderpump Rules because she's an executive producer. Um, but the housewives, they don't have control over what's seen. So interviews and press are their time to share their truth. It may not be the truth, but it is their truth or what, at least what they want out in the world. Um, and it's, so it's making sure that they feel like they have a space to have that conversation. And then on top of that, getting into maybe the conversations they wouldn't like to have and the questions they're trying to not address. But I do follow a lot of fan accounts. Um, and I always do like a lot of Google and Twitter and Reddit searching just to see like, where's the conversation at? What do people want to know? Um, Cause while I am a fan, I don't think of everything that the people are interested in or maybe <laughs> things that I think are interesting. The general public is like, no, we actually want to know about this thing over here. So I do do a lot of that sort of research before I talk to anybody. 
Yeah. I mean, it definitely shows. I just love how it's like trimmed down. Like there's no fat. And also I think your smile is so uh, disarming. Like I think it really, <laughs> no, like it really humanizes. I think, cause I like, I really try to study who and like, and I was studying, was it like reading Howard Stern talk about interviews and he has this thing where he'll go like, uh, he'll start the interview when they're walking in the room and be like, Oh, Hey, Hey. And he'll try to get something wrong right off the bat, just so they can correct him. And then it kind of disarm, like, and then they'll go, like, Oh no, no, that, that what you're thinking of is this. And I just love those little, like I nerd out on those little techniques that can maybe endear your, you know, endear you to someone or, or stand out or get, get somebody to open up a little bit more. Yeah. There's always like a little bit of a conversation before we start recording or before we're on the record, just to like, kind of, check in, whether it's like, oh, this is somebody who's kind of friendly to me. So we'll just like, how's it going? How's this? How's that? Or it's like, this is a new person. Let me explain how this is going to go. And like what I kind of am interested out of this and what you maybe want to out of it. Um, And then we'll like hard get into like, okay, now we're recording. So everything you say from here on out is fair game. Wow. Okay, cool. And uh, do you, what is the marriage between uh, Bravo or PR companies and what you do? Like, is there a, uh, a first look thing? Is there like, this is what we're trying to accomplish. I don't even know how much you can talk about this, but I always just wonder that from a curate. Cause I know even talking with like Dorinda this week, there were things that I couldn't ask. There were things that I couldn't do, you know? Yeah. I mean that, I feel like I've learned the box that I can play in. And so I don't, I feel like I did have those sort of conversations, but like six years ago. So if, they're out of my brain that are yeah, like yeah, in yeah. some dark crevice that will never be opened again. Um, <laughs> so I but I kind of know some things that the network doesn't want discussed and, but that has also evolved. Like the more that they've broken the fourth wall on the shows, the more that kind of stuff is. Um, like, do you like that by the way? Do you like the, the Bravo, Bravo, effing Bravo and breaking the fourth I wall? Do I, Obviously, like I do caveat, like I do, <laughs> but there is like a little bit of the, it's like, where is this going? Like, where does this evolve to? Are we like going to get to a place where the producers characters on the show and we're like watching how they're interacting with the women? Um, I kind of, but I like the place it's in now. My fear is like, where does it evolve to? And does it ever crack where it's cracked to? Um, but yeah, yeah they, you, you don't I mean, want it to be a technique that housewives can use like survivor of, okay, we'll pull in product. Like, yeah, you right. don't like, cause now it's starting to be like housewives. These shows have been on so long that housewives have studied earlier seasons of housewives and it's almost like they're game playing, you know? Right. And I mean, I think it is a bit of a game, but yeah, I do think about that, like, and think about the longevity of the whole thing of if you're continuing to change what it is, what does it eventually become? Um, but yeah, to go back to your question, yes, there are sometimes like no fly zones and things that we can't talk about. And yes, sometimes I know things that people out in the world don't know. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it's like they are reality stars. The show is meant to represent their real lives. And when you're talking to a real person, you can ask them, anything about the real life. Um, and that's why I like talking to reality people over like movie stars or actors, because they want to talk about the craft and their projects and not all the like juicy things that yeah, yeah, reality yeah. stars are fine to talk about. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's weird that like, this is a, 
a new form of pop culture that's still like less than 20 years old or right in that 20, 25 year range. So it's it's funny to start having a history of these things and Bravo being such a huge part of all of this, which is so exciting. But you were just mentioning the longevity or keeping this whole thing going. And I always wonder about that of like, you know, you were talking about fan accounts, which I run one and, and we're also the discourse is just really intense a lot of the times but it's like okay so we're watching this so passionately but are we bringing in any new eyes are we making this comfortable to welcome anybody new in i mean look at beverly hills this season the ratings are up so i do think there are opportunities for these to expand and i think the mashup shows are going to be interesting to watch especially because they'll be streaming at least i think so yeah um i mean my guess is they'll be streaming and also running on bravo um because why not get as many eyes on them as possible um so i do think there is you know new audience to be had and i i wonder if like if somebody well i know because people talk about it like salt lake city was definitely somebody's introduction to housewives and like they're now just watching that and maybe starting to explore the other universe so yeah i do think it is there i think the it can feel daunting just because there is so much. I feel like a question I get a lot from people I work with or people who are like scared to start watching Housewives. They're like, <laughs> where do I begin? And then yes. I'm like, well, what city are you interested in? And then I can recommend. And then my recommendation is almost always just start from the beginning. Uh, <laughs> but like, oh, see, so I'll be like, start season three. That's when Tamara comes on. That's when the show becomes Housewives. Like the first two seasons of that show, it's yes. called Housewives, but it's not what we know it to be now. I remember starting Vanderpump Rules on season four after everybody had kept telling me to watch it. And I was so annoyed. And then finally I watched it because I still never forgave him for the backdoor pilot from Beverly Hills in that two hour <laughs> episode. And so then I loved it, but then I went back and watched it and it was like, it was like watching Batman's origin story. I was like, that's why, <laughs> that's why everybody treats Jack so weird. That's why, the you know, first three seasons of that show are some of Whoa. like the richest in reality TV history. I mean, truly we were blessed to have that. And I think we're blessed to have this season of real housewives of Beverly Hills. You only have that kind of magic and that kind of um, not camaraderie, but that the, a cast all working together and all bringing something to the table, even besides the Erica Jane plotline, we had Kathy and Kyle having this beautiful scene amongst dinner trays this this episode. <laughs> but it was but it was grounded in this reality that was so beautiful. Yeah. And I do think some of the more I think the success of some of the certain seasons is those very real moments. Like think back early Beverly Hills days. When you were having the Kim and Kyle moments or Taylor opening up about her situation, like that made that show must-see TV. In New Jersey, when you had everything with like Melissa and Kathy coming on the show and Teresa having this meltdown about her family now entering this other orbit of hers, like that was must-see TV. So I do think there is something to... It's reality television. When reality is involved, it's more interesting. I know this is your job, but do you still, uh, as a Housewives and Bravo fan, I mean, do you still get like goosebumps on your, like when you watch these shows sometimes or is it? Yeah. Like this past week's episode of Beverly Hills, I was laughing my head off and just being like, this is incredible television. And I've seen the Salt Lake city season two premiere. Tell you the first five minutes of that will give you goosebumps. I saw the first five minutes and Oh my good. Like I was like, we are, I, I love that. I was like, I was walking around going, we are so blessed in our lives. And I was like, I'm just talking about TV. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I mean, one, it brings us all together. And I think especially in the last year and a half, not yeah. almost two years, it's like, it's a nice to have this community of people who um, are experiencing 
these yeah. wild women. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, the Beverly Hills. I mean, uh, I was, I was, t- I was imagining talking to you, and I kept imagining this year being very intense. But then Beverly Hills. I mean, I kept thinking like is this like Watergate over there for you guys? Are you like, <laughs> I just, I imagined you going like, we need to crack this Erica Jane case wide open, you know, like, and I know that's not what you do, but it is funny that it is. There so are people intense. on my team who look into this stuff. Like I, I don't get into the legal documents as much as like other people do. Obviously I look at everything um, or like try to understand what the hell's going on. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's the Jen Shaw thing was especially like that's more like a Watergate situation because that's actually a federal investigation. Yeah, that's the Erica yeah, stuff yeah. is civil, and I think that's the thing that's getting lost. Is like there's no criminal activity being charged here yet, um, or against Erica at all. So, and I don't think there will be. But you're right, Jen Shaw is an actual federal case that has been going yeah. on for I think years now, and there's a lot of evidence right. mounting against her. Um, I I thought it was comical when. Because I, I feel like an easy joke people make is like, what happens on these Bravo background checks? It's like, well, a secret federal investigation is not going to show up on any sort of yeah, yeah. report you find. Uh, we got the hit back. They're <laughs> doing a full uh, private investigation. Like, I don't know if you're aware of this. But right. Yeah. Um, have you uh, made an attempt or are you going to be getting uh, an interview with Erica Jane? Attempts have been made. She's not talking any to anybody, which is no surprise. Um, same thing with Jen Shaw. Would you, if you got that interview, what would you ask? Oh, that's a good question. Finally, I got one. Ah, uh, yeah, you've stumped me a little bit. Because it's what's, <laughs> you know, what? you I think I be... would, I think I would want to see the rest of this season and do the interview once every reunion episode is aired and see what are the lingering questions there. Um, and see what other questions the women ask her in this, these last few episodes we're going to get of this season. Um, Cause I think that's the part of my job that I enjoy. Like what's the unasked thing or what's the thing that they've avoided talking about. Um, but I, 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 I'm interested in her social media and like, cause she's chosen to like snap back at people and weigh in here and there, or she'll go, she'll be like, I'm up late. Let's do a Q and a. And she'll just be like, (laughs) very, it's just like very blunt and very, very blunt uh, or very aware of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I'd love to know more about that. I'm assuming you didn't win anything at the Girardi keys office estate sale. I did not. Um, I mean, I looked at people's screen grabs. I was like, I this is too dark for me. <laughs> it, it's it's very dark. I'm very sad I participated in it and won. Oh, so, what did you get? What did you get? Um, well, I <laughs> I might have gotten some lingerie. Um, oh, that Erica said I, was not hers. That was not hers. <laughs> and I'm going to frame the receipt. But see, to me, these are part. It's like Jax Taylor's chunky sweater. Like I want well, to start yeah, a reality like show a- museum one pop day. Culture. Yeah, like a yeah. piece of pop culture history. She commented on this saying it wasn't hers. And I was like, ooh, this receipt with that little Us Weekly blurb, that's... I can see it like in one of those Planet Hollywood cases yes, where it's it... all laid out with a little... By the way, okay. Bryce, why don't we have a Real Housewives <laughs> restaurant? Like, I mean, it just... We're not having BravoCon 2021 this year. And right. I believe you're... Where are you located at? I'm in Los Angeles. So... I, I'm sure you would have been covering that. And uh, I think it was the right decision not to, to be had, but like it, 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 
you were obviously at the first one. It was a magical uh, weekend. It was so magical. It was the best time. Um, it was a weird time too. Um, <laughs> Wait, why yeah, weird? I Just because looking, so much? Uh, well, I did the Beverly Hills panel um, and it was, that was strange. <laughs> Cause that was like the Denise season, right? It was the Denise season. And then they used a soundbite from that to like establish the timeline of the Brandy stuff, which I didn't know was happening um, on the actual episode. Oh, yeah. And then they just like, they were in productions. They couldn't really speak to anything and they didn't want to talk about Vanderpump. So it just like, wasn't, I don't know. I don't, I, I think the audience, it was like also one of the last panels of the weekend. And I think the audience was like, so used to all these big reveals, big reveals. I think it's the Beverly Hills panel where they're all just like, we're filming and Kyle's not here. So we don't have the OG to turn to, to be like, answer this question. Yeah. Um, so that was why it was strange, but no, it was great. And it was so wild to like, see all those people in one room. Um, and like, I was in the room like typing up notes when they brought Leah in to get her like first look photos before anybody knew she was going to be a housewife. Um, so there's like all these weird, like these very surreal pieces, yeah. moments happening. And then just to like see all the people that the shows touch and that they were willing to spend so much money to come out and like get a little in-person taste. Of- they sold and they sold out immediately. And this would have yeah. sold out immediately as well. I mean, that's what I love is that it is one of the most passionate fan bases I've ever, I mean, I grew up loving comic books and all of this stuff, you know, and it's like, this is just as passionate as comic con. This is just as like, and I really, I love that when it's on positive for the most part, you know, it can get kind of dark and negative. Um, Speaking back to the Real Housewives of New York, as we start winding down, um, Real Housewives of New York, we talked about there are just rumors flying. Like, in your opinion, even as a fan, like, what is going on? Like, where is this? It, it just seems like, and by the way, Dumas, we talk about a lot on this show, and she's been on a couple times, is that these are unsubstantiated. She just puts right. what is sent to her. I could send her a rumor right now saying, right, she's we just got if it's- fight. Yeah. And she's posting it and she has a disclaimer. It's, and it's just, people don't read that disclaimer and people take everything they read on the internet as gospel. Um, I truly don't know. I've heard a lot of things and I don't, New York, it's been like hard to figure out what to believe and what not to believe. Um, Like the back of my head says, maybe they do want to shake it up, but they also know that like Ramona and Luann, filmed this mashup show. So they want to get through that first and make sure they do press for that. And, um, and this is like, I don't have any information. Oh, that's a, no, but that's my, a, I never thought about that uh, part of it is that, yeah, like, I think it's like season. kind of protecting the assets of, okay, we've got all these pieces and, you know, and there's been so much vitriol toward Ebony. And it's like, I don't think it's a good look to not give her a second season. Um, so I just think there's a lot of factors in play. And I think they're trying to figure out what, the future of that show looks like. And I think it's part of the reason why they put Dallas on pause is like I said, the shows are reaching years, 10 years, whatever it is. And they're trying to figure out how to keep them. And so I think Dallas, you know, was the lowest rated one. And so they put it on. They're not going to put effort into figuring out that one while they want to reconfigure OC, figure out how to move New York forward and also figure out Atlanta, which also saw a huge dip in ratings and also is likely going through some sort of large cast overhaul. Yeah. I mean, uh, you mentioned Dallas being on pause as well as Dorinda was on pause, or that's the term Andy and Bravo used, which she really, she was talking about, I'm going to sell a shirt that says on pause. She's fascinated with on pause, but it is a very interesting way to, to put things. 
Yeah, well, there's con- there's one contracts involved with certain amounts of you know time committed to them and all that kind of. There's a lot of uh, I would there's some of this in Brian Moylan's book, but like kind of what I've heard and know about contract stuff that I can't share here. But it yeah, I'm just that would be fascinating if the fans could actually learn about all of that stuff. Um, yeah, and then I think they just Bravo never cancels shows like or very rarely like even the people's couch is still not producing current episodes it's not you know like it's that's those are the phrases they use but i think it's smart because it's then you get a miami you know like eight oh, years I'm later so, i'm so excited four. i'm really i i cannot wait to see because larza was on the first season and i the evolution that even larza pippen has gone she's through, a different she's a whole now. i mean i mean look wise and personality wise <laughs> i mean it's just completely different um uh, the other thing is Real Housewives of Salt Lake. We talked about the first five minutes. It comes out September 12th. I'm very excited as well. We, I think they had such a great first season. Another great cast, including Jen Shaw. Um, have you already done your interviews with them for that? The, the first? No, but I have one on the books for the premiere that I'm excited about. But I'm, I won't say who it is just in case something gets rescheduled. <laughs> um, that's what I was wondering if like how far in advance after you've seen the episode, do you wait or do you, you know, when is the best time to actually have the interview as opposed to when I you actually try put out to, the interview? I try to do the interview as close to when it's airing as I can. That Just that way everything's like as up to date. Like I interviewed Ashley from Potomac this week, but it was the day before the mid-season trailer came out. So if you watch the interview, there's no questions about the mid-season trailer because I didn't know that existed. Does that kill you when you see that? It can. Luckily, like Ashley just has some reaction moments in that trailer. Um, so there wasn't anything like, oh, yeah. there's this huge story happening. But like if there is some big reveal or big twist that I don't get to ask about, then I'm like, oh, man. Well, you guys need to follow his Twitter because even in regards to that Ashley interview, he said this was after the interview, I think. But he said there had been some questioning about uh, Michael Darby saying he was going to go the Randall Emmett route and be a producer. And that is not adult films, folks. The rumor is not true. <laughs> it is not adult films with Michael Darby. Which, I, But by the way, those are funny things, but those are good to know, you know. Right. Well, it's that's one of those things that I think I saw on Reddit of somebody being like, this is definitely he's like a whole thing thread of people being like yeah it's definitely that and ashley's response was i mean that makes sense for my husband but no <laughs> i uh, one of the greatest unsolved mysteries uh, anyways um <laughs> the uh, uh like ending Vanderpump rules. We had such, you know, you had talked about earlier, um, you know, we had such a cast shakeup uh, and it's really, we're coming back to a show that we're not sure what it's going to be or what it is, even though they're finished shooting. Right. Um, I think that, I mean, this is another rumor that I have no clue to ever, whether to believe that I think a trailer is coming maybe. Um, but do you know, have you heard what to expect? Are you, what are you hearing? I have no idea about trailer, et cetera. I usually find out that stuff at the same time as everybody else, um, unless I'm the person posting it, of course, <laughs> then I have a heads up. Um, I've heard that filming went really well, that there are lots of twists and turns, that a lot of the dynamics shift over the course of the season. Because if you remember, they went into the season, Lala and Sheena were like, we will never be friends. And now they yeah. are... Like mommy and me playdates all the time. So I'm interested to see that. I know historically, like production of the network looked at the show as what they call an series, which is about an occupation. Um, So they, they viewed the show as about the restaurant. And I think the viewers view the show as about the people we're watching. Um, So that's always been interesting to kind of like 
navigate the lens through which the show is made and then viewed. And I do wonder about that this season, just because, you know, Stasi was the person they put in the center and they did a season without Stasi or like a large season without Stasi. And they brought her in at the last minute because it kind of didn't work. And I understand why she was let go. And I understand why that decision was made. Um, but I just wonder if the show works without her. And I'm sure it does. It's an ensemble, but I'm interested to see how that happens and then how they address all these yeah, exits because they're all still yes. in each other's lives. Like yeah, Jax is always like Lala is always posting with Jax and Brittany and all of that stuff. You know, right? Like everybody who had a baby, they're that's like their little group of we're all well, parents now. And so, and Katie obviously is still close with Stasi and Kristen. And I'm just interested to see because it can't be like on the hills when Lauren Conrad left and they acted like she never existed. It's like. Lowe was still on the show, but she lived with Lauren and that was never explained. Um, <laughs> and like, I, so I, I'm, that's what I'm most excited to see is just how the hell they address that stuff and what kind of conversations are born out of that. And will the fourth wall be broken? Cause if you remember the season finale, they, Jax was like, yes. this is my show. And Lisa's, um, Lisa finally came alive and was like, no, Dolly, yeah. this is but my show. But if you show. go back and watch that episode, it feels like a series finale. So I'm totally. one, I'm just... I'm very curious, but I have, I, and it showed them all walking in different directions, even like it was kind of beautiful in that sense of like that slowed down version of the theme song. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But you're right though. I was like, do they, do they open up? And Lisa's like, what a wild summer we all had, you know, like how do you explain these cast departures? You know, I bet you're not far off. I'm sure it is Lisa kind of giving the on the record version of events and, and we'll see, but I, I, I don't know. Cause I also, it's like, I, if Lala is like holding ocean and reading someone, what does that look like? I, there's so many questions <laughs> and I think we're getting, we're going to get new people too, which is always questionable on that show, just because it started with like such a solid group of people who were in each other's lives so much. So I always, it's That's always I mean. a little strange to navigate when new people come in. Yeah, when reality is actually be able to, able to be real, that's like that's why those first couple seasons were amazing because you're like, oh, these are definitely people that know each other. Like they talk yeah. like they know each other. Um, uh, and then finally, uh, you are on social media a lot because of your job. Uh, Housewife social media did not exist 15 years ago when these shows started. <laughs> yeah. um, what is, it feels like there is a show happening without the show but it's a very entertaining show but like bravo doesn't seem to be able to have a full uh handle on you know what i'm saying like even jacks and all those guys from vanderpump rules they're fully fighting and having like you know yelling yeah well i mean i think it's just the evolution of the blogs essentially is like now it's (laughs) the atlanta blogs yes right they're they more so get into what they're saying about each other on social media um but that's also then a fourth wall breaking thing and a fame acknowledgement thing, which is interesting in places like Salt Lake City, where these aren't women who have access to fame before the show. You know, like L.A., they're famous. New York, they're socialites. So they're in page six. Those like being in a tabloid or whatever is not out of the ordinary. But somewhere like Salt Lake City for all of a sudden for tabloids slash social media behavior to become part of the conversation in regards to the show you're on, then you're doing some like wild mind game of yeah, what reality do we live in and what can we talk about? What can't we talk about? 
yeah, it's like a weird, like we just did not, these producers and production did not have to deal with this. So I just imagine it's waking up every day to a potential minefield. And I, one day I do hope that they have like a Vanderpump rules and then they have Vanderpump rules behind the scenes of watching an episode get put together, you know, instead of well, they breaking did, the fourth wall. I don't think it's streaming anywhere, which is so annoying, but there is a behind the scenes of the first season of Beverly Hills where they go in depth into that season one finale with the limo fight and have like, oh, yeah. the camera operator discuss filming that and how she filmed it, which is fascinating. And there's also an OC, like a hundredth episode special. Again, I don't think it's streaming anywhere where they were showed all this unseen footage, including like Vicky walking into a parking lot so that production could see what all the work she got done looked like between seasons. And if she was even able to film or if she was like too unrecognizable to come back. Um <laughs> So or, like or even they, the Vanderpump Rules first season, they had a whole episode yeah. where they were like, the, the the camera guy was like, we totally believe Jax. We were shocked when he came in and said he actually had Oh yeah, because they also, they like you know? broke down how they filmed Stassi's reaction and like yes. how they weren't even supposed to be filming that day when they went to her apartment. It's like, they've given us tastes. It would be great to get more, I think. Um, but I think their answer to that is yeah. we've started integrating that sort of conversation into the show. Um, where do you go next? What is your goals? Do you have some kind of vision board for, I mean, you've come so far already for oh my starting gosh. out where you are. You really, I mean, like, what, do you have goals? Like, do you, do you know, like, well, this is what I'd really love to try next. I don't know. I'm happy with what I'm doing and I'm just grateful I get to do it. And what you guys get to see is like 15% of my job. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I think people think I get to do this all day, every day. And it's just, that's so glamorous. And yeah. There are so many other parts to the job. Um, so I don't know. I'm content and with what I'm doing and I just, just getting to continue to do it and do more and try new things. And within the ET space is that's kind of where my head's at for now. I also like, I think it's hard in this industry to think too far beyond yeah, yeah, yeah. like where you are in the moment. Cause it's, if you're looking too much forward, you'll miss what's right in front of you. Well, that ended way deeper than I thought it would. <laughs> now you just you just made me rethink my whole life. No, uh, Bryce Sander, you uh, you are really you are such a hero of mine. I really do study you, and thank you so much for spending so much time with us today because I really do think you are the best at this. And uh, you really, I could have kept on talking because I, I could just geek out with you all day. But thank you for so much time, man. Like you, true hero of mine. Totally, I'll come back anytime. I had never heard someone do a dramatic reading of an article of mine before so that was oh yeah i mean that was it was my favorite because andy by the way you guys i did the andy keeps going well listen listen he well, loves listen, to say yeah. well listen and i thought that was but you really it was such a beautiful i just thought you're just so good at what you do and thank you for this uh i geek out on what you do and and maybe hey if if we're ever safe enough i i please let me come visit the entertainment tonight set sometime like that's just please <laughs> come on we're getting a new one for the new season so it'll be an all new uh experience i just saw like a little taste of it today it's very exciting well you guys go for i know you already follow him but if you don't i'm going to make you go follow him on twitter and instagram and always support everything that he does so bryce thank you so much again man thank you five four batches